0: Chapter twenty six of Lorna Doone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lorna Doone by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter twenty six. John is drained and cast aside. His lordship was busy with some letters, and did not look up for a minute or two, although he knew that I was there. Meanwhile, I stood waiting to make my bow afraid to begin upon him, and wondering at his great bull-head. Then he closed his letters, well pleased with their import, and fixed his bold broad stare on me, as if I were an oyster opened, and he would know how fresh I was. "'May it please, Your Worship,' I said. "'Here I am, according to order, awaiting your good pleasure.' "'Thou art made to wait, John, more than order. How much dost thou tip the scales to?' Only twelve-score pounds, my lord, when I be in wrestling trim, and sure I must have lost weight here fretting so long in London. Ha oh, ha oh, much fret is there in thee. Has his majesty seen thee? Yes, my lord, twice or even thrice, and he made some jest concerning me. A very bad one, I doubt not. His humour is not so dainty as mine, but apt to be coarse and unmannerly. Now, John, or Jack, by the look of thee, thou art more used to be called. Yes, your worship. When I'm with old Molly and Betty Moxworthy, peace, thou forward Violet. There is a deal too much of thee. We shall have to try short commons with thee, and thou art a very long common. Ha ha! Where is that rogue Spank? Spank must hear that by and by. It is beyond thy great thick head, Jack. Not so, my lord. I have been at school and had very bad jokes made upon me. Ha ha! It hath hit thee hard. And faith it would be hard to miss thee, even with a harpoon. And thou lookest like to blubber now. Capital in faith! I have thee on every side, Jack, And thy sides are manyfold, many folded at any rate. Thou shalt have double expenses, Jack, For the wit thou hast provoked in me. Heavy goods lack heavy payment is a proverb down our way, my lord. Ah, uh, I hurt thee, I hurt thee, Jack. The harpoon hath no tickle for thee. Now, Jack Whale, having hauled thee hard, we will proceed to examine thee. Here all his manner was changed, and he looked with his heavy brows bent upon me, as if he had never laughed in his life, and would allow none else to do so. I am ready to answer, my lord, I replied, if he ask me naught beyond my knowledge, or beyond my honour. Hadst better answer me everything, Lump. What hast thou to do with honour? Now, is there in thy neighbourhood a certain nest of robbers, miscreants, and outlaws, whom all men fear to handle? Yes, my lord. At least I believe some of them be robbers, and all of them are outlaws. And what is your high sheriff about, that he doth not hang them all, or send them up for me to hang, without more to do about them? I reckon that he is afraid, my lord. It is not safe to meddle with them. They are of good birth, and reckless, and their place is very strong. Good birth! What was Lord Russell of, Lord Essex, and this Sydney? Tis the surest airship to the block to be the chip of a good one. What is the name of this pestilent race, and how many of them are there? They are the dunes of Bagworthy Forest, may it please your worship, and we reckon there be about forty of them, beside the women and children. Forty dunes, all oh, forty thieves, and women and children. Thunder of God! How long have they been there, then?' They may have been there thirty years, my lord, and indeed they may have been forty. Before the great war broke out they came, longer back than I can remember. Ay, long before thou wast born, John. Good, thou speakest plainly. Woe betide a liar when so I get hold of him. Ye want me on the western circuit, by God, and ye shall have me, when London traitors are spun and swung. There is a family called de wickerhauser living very nigh thee, John this he said in a sudden manner as if to take me off my guard and fixed his great thick eyes on me and in truth i was much astonished yes my lord there is at least not so very far from us baron de wickerhousa of lay baron ha of the exchequer eh lad and taketh dues instead of his majesty somewhat which halts there ought to come a little further i trow it shall be seen to as well as the witch which makes it so to halt riotous knaves in west england drunken outlaws you shall dance if ever i play pipe for you john ridd i will come to oar parish and rout out the oar of babylon although your worship is so learned i answered seeing that now he was beginning to make things uneasy your worship though being chief justice does little justice to us we are downright good and loyal folk and i have not seen since here i came to this great town of london any who may better us or even come anigh us in honesty and goodness and duty to our neighbours for we are very quiet folk not prating our own virtues enough good john enough knowest thou not that modesty is the maidenhood of virtue lost even by her own approval now hast thou ever heard or thought that de wickerhouser is in league with the doones of bagworthy saying these words rather slowly he skewered his great eyes into mine so that I could not think at all, neither look at him, nor yet away. The idea was so new to me that it set my wits all wandering, and looking into me he saw that I was groping for the truth. John Ridd, thine eyes are enough for me. I see thou hast never dreamed of it. Now, hast thou ever seen a man whose name is Thomas Faggus? Yes, sir, many and many a time. He is my own worthy cousin, and I fear that he hath intentions— Here I stopped, having no right there to speak about our any. "'Tom Faggus is a good man,' he said, and his great square face had a smile which showed me he had met my cousin. "'Master Faggus hath made mistakes as to the title to property, as lawyers oftentimes may do, but take him all for all he is a thoroughly straightforward man, presents his bill, and has it paid, and makes no charge for drawing it. Nevertheless we must tax his costs as of any other solicitor.' to be sure to be sure my lord was all that i could say not understanding what all this meant i fear he will come to the gallows said the lord chief justice sinking his voice below the echoes tell him this from me jack he shall never be condemned before me but i cannot be everywhere and some of our justices may keep short memory of his dinners tell him to change his name turn parson or do something else to make it wrong to hang him parson is the best thing He hath such command of features and he might take his tithes on horseback now a few more things john ridd and for the present i have done we see all my heart leaped up at this to get away from london so and yet i could hardly trust to it is there any sound round your way of disaffection to his majesty his most gracious majesty no my lord no sign whatever we pray for him in church perhaps and we talk about him afterwards hoping it may do him good as it is intended "'but after that we have naught to say, not knowing much about him, at least till I get home again. "'That is as it should be, John, and the less you say the better. "'But I have heard of things in Taunton, and even nearer to you in Dolverton, and even nigher still upon Exmoor, things which are of the pillory kind, and even more of the gallows. "'I see that you know naught of them. "'Nevertheless, it will not be long before all England hears of them.' now john i have taken a liking to thee for never man told me the truth without fear or favour more thoroughly and truly than thou hast done keep thou clear of this my son it will come to nothing yet many shall swing high for it even i could not save thee john ridd if thou wert mixed in this affair keep from the doones keep from de wickerhauser keep from everything which leads beyond the sight of thy knowledge i meant to use thee as my tool "'but I see thou art too honest and simple. "'I will send a sharper down, "'but never let me find thee, John, "'either a tool for the other side "'or a tube for my words to pass through.' "'Here the Lord Justice gave me such a glare "'that I wished myself well rid of him, "'though thankful for his warnings, "'and seeing how he had made upon me "'a long-abiding mark of fear, "'he smiled again in a jocular manner and said, "'Now get thee gone, Jack,' i shall remember thee and i trow thou wilt not for many a day forget me my lord i was never so glad to go for the hay must be in and the ricks unthatched and none of them can make spars like me and two men to twist every hay-rope and mother thinking it all right and listening right and left to lies and cheated at every pig she kills and even the skins of the sheep to go john Ridd. I thought none could come nigh your folk in honesty and goodness and duty to their neighbours. Sure enough, my lord, but by our folk I mean ourselves, not the men nor women neither. That will do, John, go thy way. Not men nor women neither are better than they need be. I wished to set this matter right, but his worship would not hear me, and only drove me out of court, saying that men were thieves and liars, no more in one place than another, but all alike all over the world and women not far behind them it was not for me to dispute this point though i was not yet persuaded of it both because my lord was a judge and must know more about it and also that being a man myself i might seem to be defending myself in an unbecoming manner therefore i made a low bow and went in doubt as to which had the right of it but though he had so far dismissed me i was not yet quite free to go inasmuch as i had not money enough to take me all the way to Oar, unless, indeed, I should go afoot, and beg my sustenance by the way, which seemed to be below me. Therefore I got my few clothes packed and my few debts paid, all ready to start in half an hour, if only they would give me enough to set out upon the road with. For I doubted not, being young and strong, that I could walk from London to O.R. in ten days, or in twelve at most, which was not much longer than horsework, only I had been a fool, as you will say when you hear it for after receiving from Master Spanks the amount of the bill which I had delivered, less, indeed, by fifty shillings than the money my mother had given me, for I had spent fifty shillings and more in seeing the town and treating people which I could not charge to his majesty, I had first paid all my debts thereout, which were not very many, and then supposing myself to be an established creditor of the treasury for my coming needs, and already scenting the country air, and for seeing the joy of my mother, what had i done but spent half my balance ay and more than three-quarters of it upon presents for mother and annie and lizzie john fry and his wife and betty muxworthy bill dadds jim slowcomb and in a word half of the rest of the people at or including all the snow family who must have things good and handsome and if i must while i am about it hide nothing from those who read me i had actually bought for lorna a thing the price of which quite frightened me till the shopkeeper said it was nothing at all, and that no young man with a lady to love him could dare to offer her rubbish such as the Jew sold across the way. Now the mere idea of beautiful Lorna ever loving me, which he talked about as patly, though of course I never mentioned her, as if it were a settled thing and he knew all about it, that mere idea so drove me abroad that if he had asked three times as much I could never have counted the money. Now in all this I was a fool, of course not for remembering my friends and neighbours, which a man has a right to do, and indeed is bound to do when he comes from London, but for not being certified first what cash I had to go on with. And to my great amazement, when I went with another bill for the victuals of only three days more, and a week's expense on the homeward Road reckoned very narrowly, Master Spank not only refused to grant me any interview, but sent me out a piece of blue paper, looking like a butcher's ticket, and bearing these words and no more. John Ridd, "'Go to the devil. He who will not, when he may, when he will, he shall have nay.' From this I concluded that I had lost favour in the sight of Chief Justice Jeffreys, perhaps because my evidence had not proved of any value, perhaps because he meant to let the matter lie till cast on him. Anyhow, it was a reason of much grief and some anger to me, and very great anxiety, disappointment, and suspense.' For here was the time of the hay gone past, and the harvest of small corn coming on, and the trout now rising at the yellow sally, and the blackbirds eating our white-heart cherries, I was sure, though I could not see them, and who was to do any good for mother, or stop her from weeping continually? And more than this, what was become of Lorna? Perhaps she had cast me away altogether, as a flouter and a changeling. Perhaps she had drowned herself in the black well. Perhaps, and that was worst of all, she was even married, child as she was, to that vile carver Dune, if the Dunes ever cared about marrying. The last thought sent me down at once to watch for Mr. Spank again, resolved that if I could catch him, Spank him I would to a pretty good tune, although sixteen in family. However, there was no such thing as to find him, and the usher vowed, having orders, I doubt, that he was gone to the sea for the good of his health, having sadly overworked himself and that none but a poor devil like himself who never had handling of money would stay in london this foul hot weather which was likely to bring the plague with it here was another new terror for me who had heard of the plagues of london and the horrible things that happened and so going back to my lodgings at once i opened my clothes and sought for spots especially as being so long at a hairy fellmonger's but finding none I fell down and thanked God for that same, and vowed to start for a while to-morrow, with my carbine loaded, come will, come woe, come sun, come shower, though all the parish should laugh at me for begging my way home again, after the brave things said of my going, as if I had been the king's cousin. But I was saved in some degree from this lowering of my pride, and what mattered more, of mothers, for going down to buy with my last crown piece, after all demands were paid, a little shot and powder, "'more needful on the road almost than even shoes or victuals. "'At the corner of the street I met my good friend Jeremy Stickles, "'newly come in search of me. "'I took him back to my little room, mine at least till to-morrow morning, "'and told him all my story and how much I felt aggrieved by it. "'But he surprised me very much by showing no surprise at all. "'It is the way of the world, Jack. "'They have gotten all they can from thee, and why should they feed thee further?' we feed not a dead pig i trow but baste him well with brine and rue nay we do not victual him upon the day of killing which they have done to thee thou art a lucky man john thou hast gotten one day's wages or at any rate half a day after thy work was rendered god have mercy on me john the things i see are manyfold and so is my regard of them what use to insist on this or make a special point of that or hold by something said of old when a different mood was on I tell thee, Jack, all men are liars, and he is the least one who presses not too hard on them for lying. This was all quite dark to me, for I never looked at things like that, and never would own myself a liar, not at least to other people, nor even to myself, although I might to God sometimes when trouble was upon me. And if it comes to that, no man has any right to be called a liar for smoothing over things unwitting through duty to his neighbour. Five pounds thou shalt have, Jack,' said Jeremy Stickle suddenly, "'while I was all abroad with myself as to being a liar or not. Five pounds, and I will take my chance of wringing it from that great rogue's bank. Ten, I would have made it, John, but for bad luck lately. "'Put back your bits of paper, lad. I will have no acknowledgment. "'John Ridd, no nonsense with me!' "'For I was ready to kiss his hand to think that any man in London, "'the meanest and most suspicious place upon all God's earth, should trust me with five pounds, without even a receipt for it. It overcame me so that I sobbed, for after all, though big in body, I am but a child at heart. It was not the five pounds that moved me, but the way of giving it, and after so much bitter talk, the great trust in my goodness. End of chapter 26. Read by Landy in Sydney, Australia, September 2008.